Guys, what's happening? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. And we are going to talk about the defense today. And the Browns, 24-13 win over Jacksonville. Now, I'm sure you might be tired of hearing about this because we're pretty far removed from it. It was Friday. Typically, these Friday games yield, in the preseason, um, a tough weekend where you can't really get much done. And then you have to kind of touch base on it over the weekend. So I promise this will be our last discussion built into the... Uh, game from Friday night. So I want to I want to give thoughts on these defensive players performances so on and so forth and I think it's prudent to 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 sort of sort of cut it up. We'll talk about training camp that was yesterday at the end of this. Uh, we'll also touch on special teams a little bit too. So data from the game, I think we should probably continue to touch on that as we go through this and talk about how they performed uh, collectively as a team. Jacksonville went for 267 yards. It was nice to see the Browns get off the field especially early in drives. They gave up a long drive the first drive and were able to keep them to a 23-yard field goal. Then the second drive, Jacksonville took over right around the Cleveland 30, uh, maybe even the 25 off of the Dearness Johnson fumble. Love that quick change of possession ability to get uh, off the field, 38-yard field goal there. And then they did give up a touchdown before the Browns actually got on the field. That was Trevor Lawrence's last drive. Evan Ingram caught a nine-yard touchdown pass on a miscommunication between Javante Moffitt. Uh, it looked like, um, you know, Moffitt and A.J. Green at the time on a little deceptive play-action, sneak-in, sneak-out concept. Jags put it all out there. I thought that they really put some schemes on tape in this game while Cleveland was about as vanilla as it gets. So, again, back to the point at hand, 69 plays, 74 plays technically, five penalties uh, and five no plays for Jacksonville. Uh, so 69 registered plays, nice. So they had 3.9 yards per play, 79 rushing yards, 190 passing yards on 45 dropbacks. And then the Browns created three turnovers, which, again, you love to see that, and forced three punts and kept them out of the end zone except for one uh, you know, one time. Uh, they gave up that touchdown, as I was refer- referring to. A couple interceptions, as you know. Martin Emerson's 74-yard house party right before half, which was a huge momentum swing in the game. Her Miller had an interception late in the fourth quarter to keep da- keep Jacksonville out of it uh, in its entirety. And then we know about DeAnthony Bell's uh, punch, call that the peanut punch, right, where you, you literally are punching down at the football after he had a miscommunication and didn't cover the stick route right in front of him. He ended up making the play, knocking that football out of the hands of Luke Farrell, and it was recovered by Richard LeCount. So those are your turnovers. Third down numbers, pretty strong. 190 passing yards on 45 dropbacks, again, very strong, uh, causing a lot of incompletions. 6 of 12 for Lawrence, 12 of 21 for Jake Luton, and then uh, C.J. Beathard was 4 for 7. So nothing crazy standing out in any of those efforts. But let's dig in a little bit on... uh, Personnel usage here. So 59 snaps are with five DBs on the field. A.J. Green predominantly played corner. Uh, Your slot corner role, which is going to be an interesting thing to track, especially if 59 of 74 snaps you had, you had a five DB look on the field. So he was out there for 51 total snaps. He actually played 21 in the slot and then uh, 29 at actual corner. Lavert Hill came in and played a lot of secondary group slot corner. So... Uh, That's the other name at that position. Otherwise, leading snap count guys, Herb Miller had 45. Dakota Allen played a ton of linebacker after the first group was done. Him and Tony Fields, 43 and 38 snaps respectively. Richard LeCount had 36. So a lot of your 
Roderick Perry, Lavert Hill, Perry on Winfrey, Glenn Logan, Javante Moffitt, Martin Emerson, Isaiah Thomas. These are your top snap count guys. DeAnthony Bell, 28. Tommy Togi, 27. A lot of rookies, a lot of guys fighting for jobs, as you would expect. You know, like Taven Bryan, Jordan Elliott had 11 snaps. Jacob Phillips, JOK, had 14 snaps. Grant Delpit had 15 snaps. Ronnie Harrison, 16. Those are your really only big-time guys who played in this game, and Sione Takitaki also had 16. So a lot of times for rookies, backups, and guys fighting for roster spots in this game. They played 15 snaps of uh, base, which base, again, is four down, three linebackers. So not a ton of those, partly because you're matching up with what Jacksonville does all the time. Uh, which is a lot of 11 personnel. Uh, but again, f- you know, 5 DBs is, in my opinion, modern base uh, defense. So they had a 45 dropbacks. The Browns only brought pressure, which again, uh, bringing blitzers, uh, five men or more. They only had nine. So they only blitzed nine times. 36 four-man rushes. There was one three-man rush as well. So again, notable only one six-man rush, so eight five-man rushes, just bringing one extra player. One time they did bring two extra guys, uh, and they did a pretty good job when they did blitz. They held Jaguar passers to four of seven for 27 yards. They got two sacks out of that as well, and then we, you know, as we know, created that turnover uh, with the fumble as well. Uh, and again, coverage, pretty vanilla. A lot, a lot more cover one, man, uh, than I was expecting. I think Joe Woods is trying to test his guys a little bit. They had 11 cover one snaps. See what, see what your guys can handle, especially when you're putting Greedy out there, putting Emerson out there. What's it look like, A.J. Green in the slot? Let's see what it looks like. Let's run fit the heck out of this thing and try to play aggressive coverage. They played 18 snaps with cover three, so high volume there. Again, wanting to get the safety down in the box opposite to play his hook curl and then be a run support defender in the run fit. And then they only played eight snaps of cover four. I saw a couple of poach concepts in there, you know, backside safety looking up number three vertical, getting a lock man on man. And honestly, that's the interception play. Martin Emerson's in the boundary uh, playing that poach concept. It's one-on-one for him, but cover four for everybody else, and he makes a great play on it. They played four snaps of cover six, which is uh, as, as simple as it sounds. You get quarter, quarter to the backside. You get cover two to the short side. So you get... Numbers that add up to six, right, uh, for cover six. You know, it's it's basically half and half. Quarters on one side, cover two on another side. And then down in the red zone, they had four snaps, Cleveland did, in defense. They played cover three once. They played what they call red two once, and then two snaps of cover six to take away short side boundary throws, such as running back in the flat or stick concept where you get a little uh, arrow route from your outside guy with a, with a rub corner route. Uh, They tried to take that away, and I thought they did a nice job at it. So those are the data points. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about how the players performed individually. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so performances in this game. Let's see who stood out from a grading standpoint. Martin Emerson... Had 93 total grade, again, largely boosted by having an interception that gets returned. He gave up two receptions on five targets, 40 yards. Uh, If you watch the first possession, he got beat on a double move by Zay Jones up the right sideline. A little stiff. Uh, Again, some of the things you saw on tape, not as twitched up as you would like, but very physical. Sticks his head in the run game, has no problem coming up making tackles. And can play, play a physical brand of football at the arrival point, which, again, is stuff you, you really do like to see. I thought Emerson played fairly well. I wouldn't grade him as the best Browns defender on the night, but he played uh, pretty good football. And, again, that game-changing play before half is going to garner a, a boost in your grade every single time. Chris Odom, the USFL uh, Player of the Year defensively. I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, he, he came in. Recently signed, 19 snaps as an edge. He had three hurries and a sack for four total hits on the quarterback. 79 pass rush grade, uh, pretty good. Tony Fields in the second uh, group linebacker grades out really well. And I thought Tony was fine. Missed a couple tackles. They actually have him charted as two stops with one missed tackle. I had him credited as two missed tackles. But I thought he covered ground well and played pretty strong football. Uh, Greedy Williams uh, ends it with a 76 79 coverage grade, uh, 0 for 2 targets in his area. Greedy was fine, in the right places, right time. Curtis Weaver, 76.7. I don't know. I don't see it with Curtis Weaver. You can get easy mop-up pressures, and I thought that's what happened there. Richard LeCount was fine. I thought in his 36 snaps, his coverage was good. Didn't get tested. He had one stop tackle near the line of scrimmage. DeAnthony Bell had a pretty strong game as well. Had three tackles, one stop play for a negative six-yard game where he crashed inside took his run gap and beat his man trying to uh, be a a tight aligned wide receiver and get inside and block him. He just beat him to the point of attack, heck of a play, and then obviously created the turnover with that punched out football. JOK was good as usual. His, his all the best stuff taking on pulling blockers, playing one-on-one on on tight ends uh, in the short side uh, nub portion of the field, man, just matching up with Evan Ingram. No problem. Uh, Fallback fit stuff all very well in tune. Taven Bryan, I thought was relatively good, just a, just an average grade. Didn't produce any pressures, but I could see the, the 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 anchoring that you need to see, and I thought he was the juice was okay. Just didn't quite convert anything into pressures. Uh, as far as total pressures on this one, Chris Odom, like I said, had four. Isaiah Thomas had three, converted two into sacks. Uh, also had a hurry, and a uh, he did have a missed tackle, uh, cr- kind of crashing the backside of a of a wide zone concept, but. Uh, for the most part, I thought Isaiah Thomas was fine. Uh, you can see a little bit of stiffness. He can't convert 
off of a secondary move, but pretty good debut. I thought he earned both of the sacks that he ended up with. Rochelle, Isaac Rochelle had two pressures. He had a sack himself. He's fighting for a fourth uh, defensive end role, and I think he's got a real chance. I thought he was pretty strong in this game. Alex Wright had one pressure. His pass rush grade, not very great. Defense collectively, not very great. Uh, But I thought he was fine. Like, they graded Jordan Elliott really poorly, but I thought Jordan Elliott, uh, if he just gets labeled with a sack instead of that ball he throws away to Trevor Lawrence, like, I thought he was going to get a far better grade. You see how touchy some of this stuff is, but... I really did enjoy some of his snaps, playing better pad level. I saw him string some moves together, a lot of stuff that you really like to see uh, from a young defensive tackle. He's trying to figure it out in year three, and he really does need to figure it out. So I liked what I saw from Jordan Elliott. Chase Winovich had a pressure, but again, he set the edge pretty well for me. Thought he handled that stuff well, but he just doesn't seem as fluid or as twitchy as I thought he would be. So, you know, uh, open to interpretation on what they think of him. He was he was playing early and often. A bit more than I anticipated. Same for Perrion Winfrey. They didn't credit Perrion Winfrey with a pressure, but he had a bull rush pressure I thought uh, was deserved of, of giving uh, giving itself a pressure. He was struggling with some anchoring double teams, which is going to be new to him at this level, but he did have some flash moments. Still think he's got to have consistency getting off the football. I think that's a bit of a problem, but for the most part, I thought Winfrey for an NFL debut was okay. Grand Delpit, okay. Nice run fit, missed a tackle, but it's okay. I mean, I just want to see him right places, right time, and I thought he was there. Uh, A.J. Green, like I said, graded out 60 in coverage. He wasn't really challenged. Thought he stuck his his uh, face in there in the run game really well. Had three tackles. No stop tackles, but three tackles. I thought he was fine. Ronnie Harrison was fine overall. Um, otherwise, I, I mean, Dakota Allen plays a ton of snaps, 43 he has a 66 grade and 89 uh, run defense grade. I thought he really did a good job. He had four stop tackles in this game, which led the team. Again, those are tackles that constitute a failure for the offense. His four and Javante Moffitt's three were among the best in the group. He had seven total tackles. Again, I think Dakota Allen's got an outside shot at being a depth end-of-the-roster linebacker or practice squad player in Cleveland. He did give up four or four catches for 40 yards. He is not very comfortable playing in space. He gave up a long of 15 yards on the play-action concept. Not comfortable in space, but as a downhill run defender, I do think Dakota Allen could be okay, and if they need a guy like that on specials or they think he's more important than maybe Tony Fields, who had six tackles in this game, It'll be interesting. Tony Fields had two stop plays. Tommy Togi had two stop runs. I thought he was uh, he was okay. He was okay. Better disengage and run game, moving laterally. He was always hustling, so you really like to see that. I was impressed by that number uh, of efforts I saw from, from Togi. Still lacking pass rush juice, in my opinion. Gets magnetized far too often. Didn't get a pressure in this game, but his run game defense, I thought, stood out a little bit. Again, Javante Moffitt down in the line of scrimmage is just, he's a problem. He had that sack, he had three tackles, he had three stop tackles. He's uh, fluid enough to play to the flat and to the curl when he needs to. He can chase tight ends and do a decent job. I really like bringing him back. I don't know if he's going to have a role, but I do like seeing him brought back. So those are people who stood out to me, guys who struggled in this game. I didn't see a ton of defenders struggle. So many Takitaki struggle when they put him in at Mike. I just don't think that's a position he should be playing. When he's a Sam as a third backer, he's fine. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I didn't think he was he was bad. Lavert Hill got picked on. He had a flag um, uh, that cost them some yards so far as late DBs who are playing in this game uh, as far as uh, guys, again, that are that are just fighting for jobs. And then 
Uh, Herb Miller struggled in this one as well. He had a couple penalties in this one. He did get an interception to sort of balance some things out, that late interception, but I thought Jacksonville picked on him pretty effectively. So your best coverage guys, like we talked about, Emerson, Greedy, Tony Fields does a good job in coverage, which I would agree with. Parnell Motley graded out well. D'Anthony Bell, Willie Harvey, Richard LeCount. Down at the bottom was Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit. I think there was some miscommunication and some cover three stuff on that first possession. Um, not, not really miscommunication, just not feeling the route concept the way I'd like them to feel that out. Uh, a play action concept got them too. But again, nothing to write home about. I thought Jacksonville again threw out a decent amount of tricky stuff. So um, yeah, that's player grades, player performance analysis in this one. Uh, again, you can kind of decipher the stock up. I mean, DeAnthony Bell's got your raising eyebrows. I thought Tommy Togiai, Jordan Elliott, raising eyebrows a little bit. That's what you want to do. See some moments, right, that that, that raise your eyebrow. Dakota Allen uh, playing that mic, filling the run like you need him to fill the run. Thought that was impressive. Isaiah Thomas, you can produce two sacks. Again, uh, not the most consistent pass rush plan, snap to snap, but when he was able to create pressure, he converted two to sacks. That's what you want, especially for a seventh rounder fighting for a job. So, That kind of wraps that up. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to touch on how the specialists performed in this game. Got a chance to watch that film, and then we will talk about day 13 of camp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Okay, checking in on special teams, guys who played significant number of snaps. Miller Forrestal had 15, Tony Fields 13, Herb Miller 13, 12 for Har- Willie Harvey, 11 for Dakota Allen. You can see the theme there with linebackers and uh, corners who can move. Chase Winovich leads your upfront guys with 10. Jamarcus Bradley had 10, including uh, pretty much every single return rep. DeAnthony Bell had 9. And then Cade York, 8. Richard LeCount, 8 down and so forth. I thought noteworthy things... The kick return team, which 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 brought a couple kicks back, was terrible. Um, just utter miscommunication on who to block. I did not like Johnny Stanton's uh, performance and Jerome Ford in front of the return man. And I just thought too many Jaguars came through untouched, which is not at all what you want to see. Um, punt team was fine. I thought they were okay uh, when given opportunities to get out there on the field and punt. And I thought... Corey Bjorquez was good, quick, clean punts. I didn't have any issue, better hang time. He just seems like a professional punter, which is what Cleveland was lacking, consistent professional punting. Um, Also, his field goal holding, which is something I'm really going to pay attention to, was clean all night. Looked really good, looks pretty comfortable doing it. I would imagine working on it nonstop. I had reports that that was something he struggled with in previous stops in the NFL, but I thought he looked Fine, comfortable, and I didn't notice any hiccups with Cade York and delivering it. Cade York had a little bit of the uh, 
a little bit of the left pulls on some kicks, which if they were from deeper than extra point range would have missed, but I thought he was fine. Uh, he only had one field goal kick, and that was on the left hash, and he did a nice job of putting that down the hash and letting it bend back through the upright, so he made that one. Um, overall, I thought Cade kicked it well. Just a little bit of left side pull, something to pay attention to. Uh, field goal teams uh, I thought were pretty good. I liked the effort on 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 field goal block efforts. The kickoff team, okay. I thought Cade had some some really good kick. Had a couple that went through the uprights, but a couple I think that they're trying to play with whether they should be able to kick those high goal line level kicks to see if they can tempt a receiver, sorry, a returner to bring it out. I'll be interested to see if they look to have him drive the football downfield and um, you know try to kick it out of the back, or if they have him trying to launch those vertically to let the the, the return team. Uh, get downfield. So tackles on this side, uh, you had four total tackles submitted. Ronnie Harrison had one on a punt coverage. Parnell Motley had one on a punt coverage. Uh, Jordan Kunis, I'm, I'm terrible with his name. I have not looked it up. Kunizak had a tackle on a uh, kickoff team, and Lavert Hill did as well on kick coverage team. So those are your guys. There were some missed tackles. DeAnthony Bell, Willie Harvey, Herb Miller were credited with missed tackles, but I didn't have anything to complain about outside of the kick return team just looked really, really lost. I just didn't like any part of how that looked. So we'll see if they continue to clean it up, and we'll keep an eye on Cade York as well. And Bjork has nothing but positive things to say. There was also uh, some efforts from practice squad punter uh, Joseph Charlton, and I thought he was fine too. Nothing really overwhelming to point out, but I thought he was fine. So training camp today, day 13, the second to last day that we're going to see the Browns publicly as they're going to start shutting these off to the public. Denzel Ward is back, which is big news, off the pup list, which you love to see. It's going to be a while before he ramps it up and he's in team periods and stuff, but good to see Denzel back, working his way back toward a week one start. The big news of the night is Dawson Deaton goes down with an injury. It, uh, it appears he also tore his ACL, and I'm not sure, maybe I missed Nick Harris's actual uh, injury report, but uh, Deaton tore an ACL, so the seventh-round pick from Texas Tech is out. That means Ethan Pochich, uh, Pozich is in, uh, and, and he was in. Uh, not not that Deaton was. Deaton only had three snaps on Friday. Anyway, Brock Hoffman, the UDFA out of Virginia Tech, uh, will continue to get the second position center snaps. Yodi Froholt will get some too. Um, and then I think today they also rotated in um, Mike uh, Michael Dunn, who I think can handle a little bit of those duties as well. And maybe they'll get Blake Hant some snaps there too, just in case they need to have everybody ready to go a center is interesting you know there's a lot of questions about jc treader and i don't know it could make sense but i don't know where the two sides stand on everything especially with how they ended it it's uncertain whether there were hard feelings there punt return duties are all over the board man Uh, donovan people's jones who handled a little bit in 2020 is getting some run back there demetric felton who got a lot of opportunity last year anthony schwartz also got some opportunity last year. Ronnie Harrison, surprised to me, never heard of him returning anything, but he's getting back there uh, as far as what we saw at practice today. Travell Harris as well, uh, getting some run back there just, just to see uh, other faces. So Jadevin Clowney, nice practice. couple good videos of him breaking up. Uh, one, just a straight stay at the line, break up, read quarterback eyes, break up a pass from Jacoby Brissett, and another, he did a great job peeling off of a play-action concept, and that's what, you know, they, they need that that guy to be a dangerous player peeling off play action and disrupting quarterback boot stuff. So they had an extended team session, one of the longest so far, um, where they're just giving Brissett a ton of work. He worked exclusively with the ones. Watson getting a lot of reps with the twos. 
So um, that's extremely, extremely noteworthy. Uh, Watson did deliver a touchdown to Dearness Johnson in the very first play of one of those uh, team periods. Dobbs couldn't get the third string offense going, which is a little counter to what we saw from uh, from the session on Friday at the game. But nonetheless, uh, the other things of note, 7-on-7 seven seven session, A.J. Green had a nice uh, pass breakup you can see on video uh, against Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marcus Santos-Silva, who again, uh, we didn't see any action on Friday from him, the converted basketball player. Came down with a couple gorgeous scoring touchdown catches. And David Bell caught a little quick out. Um, uh, did not catch it, actually. Uh, bounced back corner of the end zone. Uh, thought I had a nice chance at a catch there. Isaiah Thomas left the field with the trainer for a little bit, but I guess he's okay. Uh, Mike Harley, who some of his reps I really did like, he left with the trainer as well, but I think both of them are going to be Okay, so John Johnson, some quotes, plenty of quotes, especially talk about that Bengals wide receiver group, Browns DB rivalry. He said it makes good for makes for good TV. A lot of people are going to watch that game. He also talked to you surprised by all the booing that Watson received in Jacksonville. I don't know how you could be surprised by that booing, but nonetheless, uh, they thought it was being pumped in a little bit. Um, anyway, Miles Garrett had a another excused practice, and this one he his personal reasons. Apparently he'll be back soon. No clue what's going on there. Hopefully he's okay. He'll be back. Stefanski uh, is talking a little bit about, um, you know, the Eagles are coming in this week. The Browns are back at it tomorrow on Tuesday. They're off Wednesday, and then they get the joint practices on Thursday. So, you know, Stefanski's a Philly guy when he was born. He doesn't own any Eagles gear. He talked about that, which was a pretty funny little note. Um, you know, but he did have a jersey of Reggie White. Who didn't? Back in those days, Reggie White was unbelievable. Anyway, that's wrapping up uh, every note I found about practice, every video I've seen. I think that the Stump Mitchell running backs coach also also had some quotes out there too, so you can check those out. But that's a wrap for today's pod. So you got all my uh, notes on defense, special teams, and then a little bit of things that I have dug up on the second to last open practice. Tomorrow's the last one, and then we get joint practices. And then before you know it, you're playing the Eagles, and then you're playing the Bears the following weekend. You get a little bye week, and then it's September 11th, and you're playing Carolina. It's all going to happen very abruptly. So thanks for checking out today's episode. We'll have another one tomorrow with a guest. Might do something a little off topic, look around the AFC and NFC and try to predict division winners. We'll get to that this week. I want to do some of that on record. And then we'll start to preview the Eagles coming up over the weekend. And we should have some playback for that game. Should be fun. So uh, the pre-post and in-game concept stuff. Also, reminder, hit me up on Twitter if you're listening to this episode all the way to the very end. I am going to send out, there's some copyright stuff that's a little difficult, but I'm going to send out playbacks uh, recording download so that you guys can watch it back if you would like if you're into that thing just dm me your email i've got about 45 people who dm me emails that they would like that sent to so every week i will download it send it to your email and you can watch that video there so uh, feel free to dm me that email or hit me up on the obr's inbox if you're a member you have a you have an account you can actually send me an inbox uh, message there send me your email and i'll get it to you so i'm going to start sending that out later this week appreciate you guys stopping by to check out today's tuesday episode we'll be back on wednesday have a great day and go browns the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.